Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. and welcome back to Back to You. We're excited to have you with us. I'm Catherine Tappen with Darren Pang and Craig Conley and Niner. Good to see you, buddy. You look like you got some light on your face there. You got you finally got a, a light to light up for the podcast. I'm finally in a five-star hotel. Good to see you too, KT and Panger. Yeah, great to see you, Niner and KT. And I'm really looking forward to uh, to our next guest. Um, you know, Chris Chelios is, a, is an iconic figure, personality. Um, so many friends and so many different walks of life and uh and being be- between the benches of uh, for the game that he was uh that his sweater went up to the rafters and sitting through it and then being with everybody afterwards was was just incredible so i can't wait to have chelly here on the show today can't wait hockey hall of famer chris Chelly is joining us momentarily big exciting news for us here on back to you we are now on believe network that's b-l-e-a-v um really excited to be on that platform we are also now available on all of audio platforms so you can rate us review us um we're really grateful for the partnership with believe we also have to thank our sponsors johnny o's and mura and a big announcement coming after the interview with chris chelios wait for it johnny o's has a huge announcement that i have a little bit of a part of in sharing with you guys. So more on that, <laughs> a little wait. teaser for you, but Hey, let's get right to it because this man has been in high demand all week. And Chris Chelios was so gracious to give us some time today. And it's a great interview. So enjoy it guys. Well, gang on this show, we like to showcase an event or a story which caught our attention as it relates to an achievement featuring hard work and dedication of one's craft. That's exactly what back to you is all about. This is powered by Mira golf. And when you think of Mira Golf, you think of Katsuhiro Mira, the founder of Mira Golf, and he's mastered the art of steel. Every forged club is handcrafted at the factory in Himeji, Japan, where Mira's meticulous process and attention to detail highlight the family's unwavering pursuit of perfection. And if that isn't, back to you, I don't know what is. Shelly, great to see you. It's uh, It's been a heck of a whirlwind of a week for you. So we appreciate you taking the time with us. Um, not only number seven going to the rafters in Chicago, but congratulations. Another grandchild for you, yeah. little baby Sophia, just coming moments after the retirement ceremony. So I'm, I'm glad that Kaylee and her family got to enjoy that moment with you and then uh, enjoy another moment moments later, it seemed like. But can you just talk about what this week has been like for you? And, and uh, have you come down from the high yet, I guess? Yeah, no question. I compare it to like, you know, what, what happens when you win the Stanley Cup and you, you're going, you know, every night until finally you hit the wall. So <laughs> the same thing happened here. I thought I'd get some rest, you know, when Kaylee had to go to the hospital and deliver the baby. But then I end up sleeping with the three-year-old. And I don't know how many three-year-olds you slept with, but it's not fun. <laughs> Between the, you know, the cough and the burping and trying to get all over you and then 
finally waking up with her feet in my face. But no, it was, you know, without without doubt, you know, one of the greatest, you know, moments for my family and friends and the people in Chicago, the whole cane, you know, Cindy Crawford scoring from center ice. It was it was absolutely amazing. It was a script that you couldn't have written, Chelly. I, I mean, it couldn't have come off any better. Even your, even when you had the microphone in your hand, you're addressing 20,000 fans and a large TV audience. And, and, and all you said to Kaitner was, you know, basically don't, don't ruin my show. And, and he does that even. I mean, yeah, it wouldn't have been on my watch. I tell you that <laughs> I would have been shadowing him in the three on three just to get it, get it to the shootout. But anyway, like I said, I, I couldn't have been happier for him with his return and, you know, everything he did with Chicago. I mean, you remember when I came back, Panger, they honored me. I got booed out of the rink. And and my first game back, same thing. So that was kind of tough. But, you know, what Kaner did for the Blackhawks and, and uh, the three Stanley Cups, all the individual trophies and, and all that, it it was it was incredible. I was so happy for him. Do, do you think, Chelly, that he was wondering or worried? And you, yourself, were you concerned with the reaction at all, you look like you had this just this emotional look on your face when they gave you a roaring standing ovation. Yeah, I mean, statute of limitations, right? It's been long enough, and <laughs> I was gone for 20-something years. And quite honestly, I don't think the Blackhawks, since I've returned, have ever put me on the big screen during a game unless I was with Bobby Hall or Stan Makita because they were probably afraid of the, re- the reaction the crowd might give. But, yeah, when they start chanting my name, you know, I said, okay, all's forgiven. I'm back home and I'm, I'm welcome back home. And it, it was an amazing feeling. Chelly, did Who's you know the, the list of, of people that they were bringing back to honor you, your friends? I mean, Randy Gerber and Cindy Crawford and, uh, you know, not to mention the Hall of Fame NHLers that were in attendance, lots of superstars. Dennis Rodman came back. I mean, did you know that all those people were going to be there to support you? Catherine, I worked right alongside with this girl that grew up in my neighborhood on the south side, and I met my match, and she met her. So we went head to head, but that was all me. That list was all me. So I just went from, you know, kindergarten, eighth grade, then I went to the junior high, then I went to high school, and then continued, you know, college, junior, and that, and path. Wow. And then obviously, you know, from when I turned pro and started meeting, you know, those people like Johnny Mack and Randy and Cindy, mm-hmm. you know, Eddie, I'd met in 95 when I, I came to the Hawks and through Dennis Rodman. So the only guy, you know, I didn't get was MJ. And I understand why MJ couldn't come. It was just too much. Uh, plus, he would have been a distraction. <laughs> so, it was, <laughs> But it was great. Like I said, I, I looked around and at one point, you know, in the atrium, I made it a point, you know, to, to try and get with every group and at least say hi and take a picture with them. And like I said, that part was probably the most, for me, uh, rewarding part is to see all my friends and family having such a great time. And I, I would have to think there's a shout out to Mary DeBartolo as well. I, I saw her oh, with God. you many times, huh? Boy, oh. just she and for and for for everybody here in our in our audience, she uh, she's with the Blackhawks and and she's just a got a heart of gold and seems to be able to handle stress and things the right way for you too, aren't Shelley? And for for a lot of other people as well. Yeah, like I said, you you wouldn't believe behind closed doors what was said to each other. But again, you couldn't offend each other. Like the neighborhood we grew up in, she's she's dating a fireman. She comes from a neighborhood of you know policemen and a real you know tough blue collar neighborhood like Evergreen Park and Beverly are side by side. So again, there was times when she would ghost me and I'm like, you better not quit on me now. <laughs> and then there was times when I quit on her and she'd give me the same line. So 
the, the chemistry was good between us and, and, and it worked out. You know, like I said, she, she learned to say no to me, but I knew no doesn't mean no. So um, <laughs> I got in so many people in the back door after that, that, that party was unreal. You know, I was going to throw this out here, Niner, before I get to, before you jump in here, did you, did you go to one of those side doors and, and slide in your, your Carmel high school team? What I did was I get a text and they tell me they're all waiting at gate six. So I'd go there and just tell a security <laughs> guard, let them in. So just, you know, first hour I kept, you know, kept an eye on my phone, made sure everybody was in. And then between my, my brother, uh, my daughter, Tara, and uh, a couple other people, you know, they would just come get me and grab me and say, hey, they're stuck at gate six or gate seven, wherever. So it worked out good. They weren't stuck very long. <laughs> Great stuff, hey, Shelly. Shelly, I'm going to pump your tires a little bit here. So the day of your event, um, I just wanted to shoot you a quick text congratulating you. Uh, I didn't think that, you know, you'd have time to get back to me. But the type of person that you are, you responded right away to my text. And it's not a shock to see all these people in the way that they gravitate towards you all the friends that you've gotten along the way and just kudos to you and the person that you are. Thank you. Well, um, you're one of the lucky ones because I still have <laughs> 57, 57 texts and I've had four people look at my phone to see how I can find them. And for some, <laughs> so I, I tried my best, obviously I quit halfway through the night and on Sunday yeah. night trying to keep up. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I inherited that from my dad, like bringing people together, like love social events and, and stuff like that. But then, you know, being captain of a team, not that I needed to be the captain. I always enjoyed, you know, leading the charge, whether it was on and off the ice. Yeah. And, and you know what? It's not a shock. You know, you, you mentioned that you're the captain and what you did for all those teams that you played on. Me being a Detroit fan, getting to know you, um, you know, after your playing career, helping with some appearances and things like that. Just a, a first class act. And and, you know, what's what's next in your uh, in your stage now that uh, You've had a whirlwind week. Now, what are you working on next? I mean, I don't know, quite honestly, like being a grandpa, I'm pretty comfortable being a grandpa, but I get, you know, I'm not great at sitting down, so I run them pretty good. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I always wanted a coach. I just kind of missed that window because uh, I played too long. And then once, you know, once I did retire, my kids were all playing division one and, and the boys turned pro. So I kind of got spoiled and, and loved watching them play. And then, you know, Detroit, I was lucky. They let me, you know, home games only. Uh, so that was great going on the ice with, with the guys and, and not having to travel. Uh, World Juniors was amazing with Tony Granado. I coached the Olympic team. Uh, short stints like that. I, I would still like to dabble in coaching, quite honestly, um, because it's something I really do love, and, I, and especially just running the defenseman. Um, I, I could make a you know, skate through a wall if I, you know, I, I felt like, you know, if they, they listened to me, I, they, and it's great. There she is. There's my granddaughter sneaking into the room. But <laughs> nice, get her in there. Bella, come here. Let's see. Say hi to the. You can coach them. You can coach your grandkids. There you go. You oh, no. Yeah, we're gonna turn into her into a little player someday. You like skating, right, Bella? Yeah. So. Is she gonna be the next Cami Granado? I don't know. I hope so. You know, <laughs> we'll see. But uh, she's Bella's a new big girl. sister once again, right? Yeah. Do you, what's your little sister's name? Sophia. Sophia. Oh, good work. <laughs> nice Greek Italian name. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love that. I love that. What okay, when you like. you know you were talking so much about you know running the defenseman <laughs> if you would if you would be a coach like what do you think is so how how would you describe the game now and and the way defensemen play compared to you know when you played it and and the biggest difference because if you're going to be grinding them and you're going to be coaching them there's got to be a different style right than when you played. 
Yeah, I mean, like me, I had to adapt to the new rules, and you, you know, it's just mm-hmm. and, and and the way the game's played, the speed, and it sure doesn't benefit the defenseman. There's no question, but yeah. I think that for the most part, I, I you know what I learned from coaching and what I learned from Jacques Lemaire. He kept things so simple. Uh, he didn't overanalyze, and, and and I think that would be my strongest attribute would be to, to not let the guys play, let them be themselves. But you know, when they're struggling, you know, you know that's when I think I'd come in and, and then just be able to, you know, teach them. You know, not short memories probably the most important thing. You make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes, but how you rebound off them and mm-hmm. just give them confidence. So. Um, I'm pretty good at reading guys at what they're good at, what they're not. And uh, like I said, they, they, I guess I don't want to toot my own horn, but after what I've accomplished, you kind of have to listen. And I'm using, you know, Paul Coffey as an example, yeah. probably a breath of fresh air when it comes to coaches because he doesn't overanalyze things. You know, he's strict and he's stern, but at the same token, he wants the guys to enjoy it and have fun. So uh, you want to make it fun, but you only have fun if you win. So I, I hope, like I said, I hope at some point I get in a situation where I'm I'm able to help, and it'd be great. And and thinking about what cops done, uh, Charlie, we talked about this a little last night, but like these, I you know, you got the iPads. You're you're looking at the iPads. You go to the bench. <clears throat> is it is it right? Did you mention this last night? He's somewhat eliminated that during play, at least, and, and only utilizing that maybe maybe during a commercial or maybe during uh, between periods. Yeah, I mean, I I don't like I said, it's a new generation, and those kids they're used to being on computers, and they're you know that I'd be hitting buttons for thirty seconds or forty five <laughs> seconds, and I I would miss most of the game, but they <laughs> you know they're on it, so it's not natural for me you me and you Panger at our age, but um, but I was yeah. a strong believer in video, and I you know I was one of the only guys in Montreal when I started, you know when I struggled or I had a bad shift, I you know I had the guy market in the in the video room there in Montreal. And that's how I learned, you know, when I did struggle and I how to correct it. So I think the kids, they, they get it. Um, um, it just depends on each kid. Some kids aren't built for that. You know, other kids are. But are, are we maybe missing the uh, the analysis from the bench, Chelly, where like maybe some kids are looking at that iPad and something's just happened on the ice and, and they're not aware of? Is is that a part of the game that might be missing? Or are we afraid as older players that, that that might be gone from the game? Well, definitely for me, like I said, it'd be a distraction because when I was on the bench, I was watching the play the whole time. Exactly. I never, not once did I take my eye off the play, just, you know, watching what the other guys were doing, you know, on the other team and, and their, you know, what their tendencies were. And uh, like the other night, last, that, last night, I should say, when yeah. someone slashed Bedard, if I was on the bench watching that, I think it was Manson's kid for nothing. Like I, I get up and tell the whole bench, let's get them. That's it. So yeah. maybe someone yeah. wasn't paying attention. I don't know, you know, why anybody didn't go after him. That's quite honestly, I don't want to, you know, dump all over the Blackhawks, but at a four nothing game, you know, Colorado playing a team that's not in the playoffs. That's kind of an unwritten rule. You don't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's kind of what I was get going to like the just not observing what's go, what's happening during the course of a game. Somebody gets hit. Somebody happens behind the play. Who's the player? What's the number? Like all the important things that uh, that are, I think are still there in the game. But, uh, cert, you know, certainly the players that watch the game like you would watch the game from the bench. Um, yeah, hopefully that's not uh, not something that's going to go by the wayside. Yeah, I mean, that's a tough one to miss. He's, he was actually going towards the bench when he was coming back to back check. And when he slashed him, he immediately dropped his glove and went, yep. you know, and grabbed his wrist. So, you know, yep. someone had to see it. 
Yeah, How- I think I was having one of your tequilas at that point uh, after the <laughs> game. Uh, I might have to go down to the room tomorrow before the game and have a little <laughs> stay. Yeah. Good, good transition, Penger. I was going to ask something else, but we do want to talk to you about this tequila company. And oh, can, thank you. Yeah, give us an idea first. You know, tell our listeners what it is, but also how did you get involved in this, and why would you want to get involved in this with all the other stuff you have going on? Catherine, it was another one of those late night decisions. I don't know. If <laughs> it's a good decision late night, always a good yeah. one. <laughs> well, I'm sure you've been there, but I'm sitting in Tavern on Rush in Chicago. Yep. And group I think of guys I was there that, with you probably at some point. Yeah, that's right. We did a little Chicago weekend with the Cubs and that stuff. Yep. But uh, yeah, we were, you know, a group of us were sitting there. And we should do our own. And I said, that'd be cool. And he said, well, what would you call it? And I said, well, El Bandito Tequila, you know, after that movie, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kids. So I didn't know he, he took me serious. He, three, four weeks. From, then I find out he's been in Guadalajara. He's bringing samples back. And all of a sudden, he's offering me ownership papers. And I'm going, well, he's a good guy. You know, let's try this. It's probably not the best idea at my age to get into the tequila business. But. You know, it's been a great adventure. Two years. Uh, it's uh, it's there's no healthy drinking, right? Let's not kid ourselves. But it's done with moderation. Um, it's additive free. It really is. And then the thing about tequila is you're allowed to advertise or promote it as as 100% agave, but you're allowed to put 1% of anything you want in it. So it's a little misleading. Ours is as clean as it gets. So that's the one thing I'm kind of proud about it. And uh, it's really good. You know, kind of tequila's passed up vodka now as, as mm-hmm. a spirit, one of the leading drinks. And um, like I said, you, you go to fun places. I thought it was going to be easier than owning a bar, but it's not because you travel so much more to promote it and, mm-hmm. and, and liquor stores and all these pourings and events. So, but it's been great. And I've kind of slowed down on that a little bit from the mm-hmm. traveling. But uh, like I said, it's available about 17 states and, uh, if you are in that state and they don't have it, you just have to ask who the distributor is, whether it's a, at your liquor store or a bar, and it's pretty easy to order it. Did you ask Probably any big. advice along the way from your pals uh, <laughs> who own Casamigos? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and quite honestly, that's you know it wasn't my idea, obviously, to do it, but I I was actually basically working for Randy. wasn't getting paid, but I was enjoying all the perks, you know, going to his house <laughs> in Cabo and traveling with him and the parties. And I saw that, you know, from the numbers to the way he marketed it and, you know, him and Clooney, it doesn't hurt when you got George Clooney and Cindy Crawford, you know, doing commercials for you. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, yeah. And then when I told my partner everything we should do, he didn't listen to one word I said, but it's all his money. (laughs) I I was looking at, uh, because I just came back from St. Louis, uh, Chelly, and I was just telling uh, Niner and KT this a little bit ago that I, I emptied out my liquor cart and my job was to bring all the alcohol back here to chicago <laughs> and so i got i got a bottle of bourbon from chris pronger and i think it's called 44 a bottle of bourbon from marty Berdur. i think the nhl alumni has done that with like corn ya and uh, yeah. dave keon and a number of guys uh eddie belfour's uh bourbon which is yeah belfour bourbon which, yeah which is very good uh holly's Codigo and uh I think that was it. And then you and I talking about your El Bandito. So it's uh, it, it, it seems to be a match made in so heaven. Panger's going to get hammered tonight with all this food he's got. <laughs> hey, poor, hey. poor Lynn. I feel sorry for her. 
Yes, Pat was with Panger last night for a little bit. He's sitting in corners some booth by himself. That's kind of sad, Panger. <laughs> well, I went in there to watch a couple of different games. Left the game, and I sent you. You were you were at the table with Reed Simpson. I sent you a text, and you, I funniest thing was you looking around that bar trying to figure out where I was. <laughs> yeah, that was good. How, how's how's the Chelly's chili going? You know what? It's making a, a little bit of a. a, a a rebound here after all the attention and the Blackhawks, you know, built that pop-up bar of the chili bar in the East Atrium. So we've had it all along. And, you know, I, every once in a while, I think to myself, this would be a lot better and healthier for me to get back in the chili business as opposed to the tequila <laughs> business. Um, but, but it's good. That Vienna hot dog company, the, 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 the owners, the CEO, Tim O'Brien, they've been unbelievable. If, if you guys need, you're having a party and you need a hundred hot dogs, boom. They, they just overnight them to wherever I am in the, in the U.S. So um, it's great chili. It really is great chili. I, I could blow Hormel's off the map. I should make a comeback because there, there are no household names for chili, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it is a really good quality chili. I totally agree with you. You guys brought some up to the uh, – we were promoting it, and you brought some up to the booth here on uh, with the uh, uh, NBC Sports Chicago that I was up there. And, uh, and, and Chelly, I'm not a – chili guy and and i suck that back like there was no tomorrow yeah delicious it's crazy like kids like even young kids like four or five year old kids they love that hamburger the 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 ground beef we use in it so i mean i've talked to my tequila partner you got a lot of money you might want to get into this it might be you know a better venue venture might not be a bad idea chelly we might have to get that bar up and running again I, I know a guy that could. I know a guy now that he's back in town can visit it all the time. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather partner up with that guy maybe that that place we were at last night. It's actually pretty close to my bar, right by the United Center. Got you know that that's a good setup they have there. Yeah, it's called the Barn. It's a yeah, really yeah. A, an original six hockey bar, really well set up. If you're in the Chicago area, it's right off Ogden, real close to the United Center, and uh, yeah, really good spot. And it's also got. See over my shoulder, Chelly. I've always got my golf clubs with me, but it's also got because Mira, our great sponsors here of our show, along with Johnny O's. But uh, I, it's got two simulators there as well. Yeah. So if you're in the Chicago wow. area and you want to bring your clubs, get to the back private area, and uh, the boys will take care of you over there. Yeah, it's well, a good a spot, little, Chelly. Yeah, I'm a little upset with them though because when I ordered the chili or asked them if they had the chili, they said no. Then she came back about three minutes later and said it was frozen. So I said, what good's that? You know, but, but yeah. <laughs> That's not that. good. That's no. not good. When the guy whose name is on it can't get his own bowl of chili. Is, is um, Chicago where you're spending most of your time now? Is that, um, you know, really where you're considering home base these days? Yeah. I mean, obviously everybody knows I've been out in Malibu for about 30 years, 32 mm-hmm. years. But, yeah. uh, you know, I work, you know, regular season. I try to make all the home games. Just live in a little two-bedroom apartment downtown. But it's close to... Wrigley, it's close to guaranteed rate, White Sox Fields. It's right by Soldiers Field. It's right in the middle of everything. And uh, I love living downtown. Um, You know, it's got everything, you know, restaurants, museums. Like, you can't beat it. And the summers are amazing. So Malibu is just kind of a thing just to get a break in the winters. And then, uh, but I spend my summers all in Chicago. It's great. And for any for for those that uh, did not see the ceremony, which I don't think anybody didn't see it, Shelly. I mean, if everybody's still talking, about I didn't it, see it. How, how, well, it was great, and you were great too. Uh, um, but the uh, the 1962 Cadillacs. It's a Seville, Ooh. right? No, nope, El Dorado. El Dorado. My my mistake. El Dorado 
And uh, that's real. I mean, if you're in Chicago and you see this 1962 black Cadillac humming around, it's Shelly. I mean, that. do, do you drive anything else? Because that's, <clears throat> that's all I've seen you in. No, no, no. I got my regular truck, you know, an F-150 that I, you know, pile everything into. But, you know, during the speech, I had my first index card. And when I flipped it, the next two were stuck on it. So oh, no. Totally, yeah. That's so the I worst. Totally, yeah. And I totally it didn't it didn't really affect because the, the third or whatever, the fourth card kind of it, it was with the first. But the Cadillac story was it was a great story because I bought that off of Brett Hull in 2002. And I oh. knew when I saw Holly driving in the parking lot and I, if the minute the thing breaks down, I'm going to get be able to buy that car. So I did. It broke down. Holly sold it to me and I've had it ever since. But wow. the, the more the story really goes to where my parents, when I was seven, bought a 68 Cadillac. And we had that Cadillac till I was 15 years old. And that Cadillac went everywhere, including Australia. My dad and mom loved it so much. So we, my dad decided wow. he's going to move to Australia. He drove it from Chicago to San Francisco. We put it on a boat. We all went to Australia 21 days on a boat. Um, crazy bonehead idea of his. He was going to feed the the Vietnam troops, uh, the U.S. troops, of dairy and meat, and he was going to buy a farm in Australia. Well, we got there, and a month later, the war ended. So my mom was absolutely pissed. She just flew us all home. The kids, my dad was in you know Australia for two months trying to get everything back on the, the boat and, and ship everything back. And then what happened about a month later, me and my mom were driving to hockey, and the Cadillac, she didn't know you were supposed to put oil in cars, go figure, but and blew the engine. That was the last we ever seen in that Cadillac. Oh, no. No. Yep. yep. I'm sure oh, dad wasn't a... happy about that. No, oh. but once I made pro, I kept buying him Cadillacs the rest of his life. So he, he was okay. Well, while we're on the subject of, of, of um, not automobiles, but uh, um, I, I guess some kind of way of transportation, that story in is it 1979 when when Gus went to San Diego and and went and changed the restaurant business from here to there, and you didn't make or you didn't make the San Diego college team, university team, independent university team. I can't really you know, collect was, those thoughts, but yeah, then well. and, and, and you didn't make that. But they recommended you go to Moose Jaw. You didn't have a plane ticket, so you can confirm this story that you did sell that motorbike for whatever it was to buy a plane ticket once. No, no. Once the coach uh, agreed to pay for my plane ticket, mm-hmm. I sold everything with the mindset that I'm not coming back. So I sold a motorcycle. I sold anything I could, you know, bicycles. I, I was selling old you know, sticks, everything I could. Cause I didn't have, we had no money at the time. Our family mm-hmm. was broke. So, um, I just did whatever I could, and, and you know, fortunately, things worked out in Moose Jaw and ended up not only playing for the team for two years, but I had jobs, too, at, like, lumber yards and breaking cement, you know, sidewalks and shoveling coal out of boxcars because I was so used to working. I was probably the richest junior player that wasn't signed to an NHL contract at the time. Because you were an independent contractor on the side because you got a great yeah. work ethic. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I was just, you know – that United States International U- University team, um, yes. I don't know if I told you this, Panger, but when I, I tried out the year before in Canada and got cut from about four teams, then ended up back in San Diego. And that's why I decided, you know, I'm just going to go to school. And then I got cut from that team. But during that summer, this coach, Maynard Howe, 
he was playing senior league with us. That's all I ever skated was senior league. And he went and beat me up. Like we got in a fight, not bad, but we got in a fight. And then I go and try out and he's the coach of the, the team. So that didn't work out too good. <laughs> I, I sure hope all these coaches that cut you were listening to your speech last week. I'll tell you that. No, crazy enough. Maynard, yeah, crazy enough. Maynard Howe is actually giving himself credit for cutting me for me making. Uh-huh. It. That's that's his that's his mind. So well, he motivated yeah. you, Charlie. Don't you love that? He motivated you. Yeah. Well, it, everything happens for a reason. So Anna, yeah, thank God he did cut me. <laughs> It's a it's a message though you hear so much about when you read. I mean, I read so many inspirational books and the Ryan Halliday books and all these great ways of like battling through adversity. And you know, when you sit down someone like you, Chelly, who's had you know so much success on and off the ice, you know, it's hard to ever think, well, this person went through adversity at some point, and it's just a fallacy to even think that because it's not true. But you know, you hear the stories of Michael Jordan getting cut from his high school basketball team. But when you were going through those moments throughout your career, and even even to a sense retirement as well, because that you face a lot of adversity. Going going through retirement, leaving the game behind as well. Um, how did you get through those moments? Like, what would you lean on the most to try and get through them? Honestly, Catherine, it, it sounds dumb, but I never had any expectations to play pro hockey. You know, I was small. I was undersized on my team, you know, in class. So if you talk about, like, the first move to Australia, I thought hockey was over there. But, I, you know, at, at that point, I was too young, you know, eight, nine years old. Um, didn't matter. Then the, the move to San Diego hurt because I really, that's when it was in the twilight, 15, 16, you know, won a championship with Mount Carmel, won a state championship with my St. Jude Knight team. So that was really disappointing when I felt like, you know, that's it. I'm in San Diego now playing in senior leagues. And, but then I slowly, you know, start surfing and, and finding other interests. And, you know, one thing my parents always said, you know, they wanted me to go to college. So I just, that was my direction. I was going to go to college, get a degree and, you know, figure out what I wanted to do. And then, you know, the next year when I got cut in Canada again, you know, I didn't, I didn't think I was going to make it. I was still very small. Um, but when I got a moose jaw and after the first year, I grew an inch, inch and a half. And then I figured out how it worked, how you got drafted out of junior. And then you could go on to college and get a scholarship. And then that was the way, the path to the NHL or at least college in the Olympics. So mm-hmm. I really had no idea as a kid, you know, that there was seven Americans in the league, you know, in the NHL when I was growing up. So wow. I guess you saying mm-hmm. I didn't face adversity because I had no expectations. So mm-hmm. it's not like I was, you know, disappointed, quite honestly. Do, do you remember who it was for Wisconsin that would have been watching you at, in Moose Jaw? Yeah, Grant Stanbrook. And it was the craziest, you know, he, he was watching the game. They called him the shadow because he never wanted to be around other scouts or, you know, other, he just did his thing and left the rink. And so I'd left the game and he had missed me somehow in, in the rink. And he ran out to my car and Moose Jaw. I was, it's probably the only colder place in Chicago. He stood outside with me for 15, 20 minutes. I'm freezing my ass off. I said, look, just get in the car. Let's go have a drink somewhere and we'll talk. So um, <laughs> I went on the recruiting trip. You know, my plans were to go to North Dakota, uh, but they signed James Patrick, and I just figured I hated him because he played against me in, you know, in PA and Prince Albert. So I hated him so much after losing to him. I said, there's no way I'm playing the same team as this kid. <laughs> so I signed with Wisconsin. And, of course, Patrick beat me the first year they won the NCAAs. Then the second year I finally beat him, and we won the NCAAs. What a great story that is. Yeah. Uh, two great schools. And and, and hats off to the Stanbrooks are, are – I mean, they are synonymous with, with hockey. And, 
yeah, really are kids, great. And yeah, Grant's kids are teaching hockey, and they just have that knack of being able to, you know, fix a guy's stride or anything. They, you know, Grant he was teaching lacrosse goalies. He was he. It, there's nothing his father couldn't do. Grant Stanberg. I wish he wow. he could have been there. Mm. I got one more hockey related one for you, Chelly, because I I uh, when I started my broadcast career, you just got traded uh, to the Hawks for Savvy. Um, I came back from Alabama. I had my knee surgery. I retired. And, and so I got, I got to watch your nine years as a broadcaster. And I sat a lot in the, in the Oregon loft. And, and one of the things when I started my broadcasting, John Davidson would say, get me a couple of nuggets here, big boy, you know, and this is how you, 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 you go in the locker room and you find something good. So a uh, girl named Lisa Seltzer was the producer and yeah. director. Uh-huh. Actually, oh, she, should, she should be a hall of yeah. famer, that girl, man, she yeah. is unbelievable. And, and, and so she said to me, she goes, just take a notepad and make sure you get something. So I'm in the locker room with you, Chelly. You got, you're using a black Sherwood PMP, I believe. Yeah. yeah. And I'm looking at the blade and I'm looking at it and you say something to me that just resonated. You're like, it's, it's Guy Lafleur's pattern. Yeah. Oh, I wow. put that in my, no- I'm telling you what, I got the little <laughs> notepad right there and John Davidson meets up with me. And I said, JD, I, I might have something for you. And Lisa Seltzer said, if you say something good, that's a good nugget, he's going to pull out this yellow piece of paper and he's going to start writing it down. And I gave that to him. And then that's how he brought me under his wing and helped me with my broadcasting because he was my hero for that. But so going back to taking away from that story about the broadcasting, did you always use that stick? And why did you love Gila Fleur's stick when it didn't have much, much of a curve to it? Honestly, Panger, like the minute I got to Montreal, um, I, I'd like, I, I heard of Larry Robinson. I've heard of Bob Ganey, but Gil Fleur was a man, you know, he just to me. And I just remember him as a kid watching him and the way he skated his hair. And, and I, I just, anything he did, like I told you the, the story in my speech about Jordan, the yeah. minute I got there, I went from Titan to Sherwood, you know, I wow. signed with Sherwood cause Guy signed with Sherwood. Now I, I did his stick originally and the curve and everything, but eventually I had to straighten a lot, a little bit, you know, as a defenseman, I didn't want that little hook on the end of it. Like, mm-hmm. and, and that's the only adjustment I made. But I did things like the I would walk in there at three in the afternoon. Flower would be at the games uh, doing his fan mail in full equipment. And, you know, at three, doing all his fan mail, smoking cigarettes <laughs> in, in the governor's room across the hallway. So I go, God, I want to hang around this guy and just hear the stories. So I started hanging around him. Then he would shave before every game. And I, you know, I'm going, geez, I said, doesn't that burn your skin when you, you do that? He goes, ah, I said, so why do you do that? He goes, well, after the games, I'm the first one out of here and the first one to the restaurant or bar. So I go, I'm doing that too. <laughs> so, anything he did, you know, like I said, I, got, I had the, the, the honor of playing with him for about a year and a half of playoff and then another half a year before we got traded. And he was a class act, um, you know, and then, you know, when on his passing, uh, me and, and Larry Robinson were really the only two people that he, you know, allowed to go to his house and, and, and hang out with him for a few hours. And, uh, I'm really grateful I did that because my last day with flower was amazing. You know, we had a great day. We had a couple drinks and just again, telling stories. And, and, and he was just one heck of a teammate. You talk to anybody that played with him or, or, or knew him. He was, he was one of a kind. And I shouldn't say one of a kind because Wayne Gretzky's right up there too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for sure. And, and Wayne learned from uh, Guy Lafleur too. I think in the '81 Canada Cup. I mean, so you just just think of the impressions that the guys mm-hmm. ahead of you have made to to kind of build and, and mold so many uh, great players, including yourself. 
Yeah, and mm-hmm. I've always said that. Like, I, I, breaking in with Montreal with all those guys, including Jean Beliveau and Yvonne Cornway, who weren't playing, wow. but they were still around, you know, and yes. they were so well respected. And and you, how do you not listen to them? So then, yeah. you know, I, I said I, going to them was like getting a Harvard degree. My first four years there was, you know, I just shut my mouth and I listened to them, uh, won a cup in the second year. And to be around Rocket Richard and Henry Richard, some of the greatest <laughs> ever, you know, that that's really lucky. And, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. And uh, for me, that was really important. And, and guys like Larry Robinson, they could have easily been bitter. And, you know, I'm a young kid trying to take his job. And, you know, they couldn't have passed the torch more gracefully. And I th- I'm thankful for it. Did they reach out to you? Many I'm of them, Kelly? Did many of the, the, those, oh, those yeah. guys and teammates? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I couldn't, you know, like, like I said, the, you saw how yeah. many people there, Panger. I couldn't in, include Detroit or, or invite Detroit or Montreal, but I spoke with, you know, Larry Robinson was the first one. Bob Ganey, you know, they contacted me. Chris Nyland. So, um, you know, Izzy, you know, that worked out perfect for Steve Eiserman. I would love to invite <laughs> my Detroit players, but the Wings were playing us and, and he was, him and Lisa were, you know, nice enough to stop by after the game. And, uh, it was great to see everybody. Yeah, overwhelming amount of everybody. When you think back, I mean, just hearing you tell stories in Montreal and you know, obviously Detroit and Chicago, I mean, you played for three of the original six franchises and in tremendous hockey markets. When you look at the NHL today, I mean, did you could you have ever imagined that hockey would survive in, in New Jersey, in Florida, in Phoenix, you know, in all these places that it is now? And it, I mean, even you look at California, I know a lot of that is the Gretzky factor. But, you know, thinking back to playing for those original six franchises, could you have ever envisioned this? No. And and then you see now where some of these players are coming from. And the one I thought I was a misfit or just a fluke. <laughs> How Austin Matthews from L.A. and Phoenix background, you know, one of the greatest American players right now. Uh, It's just unheard of. But, you know, like you said, the the expansion of Wayne Gretzky started that. And once their team has success at the youth hockey flourishes off of that. And it happened in Chicago when the Hawks started winning again. There's just a big resurgence of of youth hockey. and, 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 And you see these other teams, warm weather states, you know, Florida, the Panthers, what they're doing now and. And and the and the crowds and the there's kids coming out of Florida now, so it, yeah. it's great and, and and still a tough sell and you got to win, but yeah. it, it sure come a long way. I never could imagine some of these cities would have been able to support hockey. What was your favorite city or rink to play in besides you know? Okay, I'm, I'm going to take Chicago, Montreal. Uh, I don't know which other one that, Lewis. that you love. Yeah. Yeah. You know what, Joe Lewis, for, for an older building, when I, you know, when I started playing against them in Montreal, it didn't seem like an older building. It was a great rank, great ice, but I think still to this day, yeah. Madison Square Garden, there's something magical about Madison Square Garden, whether it's a sporting event or a concert. Uh, it, it, it's just something, the, the noise. And, the, you know, they said one time I went to watch Pearl Jam there, and it was one of only three times that the whole, the, the bleachers and everything, you could feel them shaking. But uh, the old Boston Garden, the old Toronto Maple Leaf Garden, those were really special buildings. The, the new buildings, you know, Montreal did a great job of almost yeah. duplicating the old forum. It's got that same feeling. Um, some of them are, you know, at some times are a little big, but, when they're full and teams competitive, you know, there's as good as any building, you know, that I played in. The Chicago, you know, United Center, when we first moved there, they said it had no atmosphere and no, this. Then the Bulls gave it atmosphere, <laughs> and then the Hawks gave it atmosphere. So, yeah, um, yeah but to go back to your the, those old rinks, Boston, 
uh, was amazing. Toronto was amazing uh, for sure. Would you rather have a small ice surface or, or the 200 by 85? You were small, so great in that Chicago I, stadium. A small, easy, easy to track guys down and bury them. I loved it. Uh, the old odd <laughs> in Buffalo, same oh, thing. Yeah, whatever, two feet, three feet, whatever it was, smaller than every rank, it, it, you noticed it. But the, again, that guy that used to, Zamboni guy used to kick the boards out so the puck, when he was coming around the boards, the puck would kick out in front of the team's net. It was genius. I love it. <laughs> I love that. Uh, when you were growing Michelle, up outside of yeah. hockey, what, what other sports stars did you look up to and kind of idolize or want to be like? I mean, were there any baseball players or football players that you just like were awestruck by? Because so many young kids, I just think of you and walking around that city of Chicago, you must be asked all the time by young kids and, and you know, wanting your autograph and that kind of thing. Who, who did you look up to? That's the easy one for childhood heroes. And, you know, aside from hockey, you know, the Bobby Hall guys, mm-hmm. um, Dick Butkus. Oh yeah, God bless this him. guy like he was the epitome of a South Sider. He was big, mm-hmm. mean, you know, dirty, and everybody loved him on the South Side. And every kid in my neighborhood, you know, when we played football or or get together, it was like kill the guy with the ball or Butkus football. Yeah. So, and <laughs> and then fortunately, you know, I got to meet him um, probably about thirty years ago. We were at a golf tournament in Chicago. And it just so happened that he was living in Malibu and I had been renting in Malibu. So we got together, we hit it off and we'd been friends ever since. Um, you know, the, it, I, of course the Blackhawks, I, you know, that was the late sixties, early seventies through the Makita, Magnuson, Esposito. Those were, you know, I loved watching them, but they mm-hmm. weren't on TV a whole lot. So right. didn't get a chance to see them, but I love the Cubs because they had all those big hall of fame names like Ron Sano, uh, Billy Williams, Fergie Jenkins and, White Sox, I was a White Sox fan because, you know, I was a Southsider, but they just didn't have the big superstars when I was growing up, and they never never really won anything either. I, I Just real quick, I just love that you said Dick Butkus because when he passed away in October, I just, the the, yeah. the outpouring of love from, you know, Hall of Fame, from everybody from Hall of Fame football players to, you know, those that grew up in Chicago playing other sports. I mean, he really was. I know he was one of my dad's idols too and yeah. um, just an amazing man. I only met him once and it was just um, a special, special occasion. So yeah. I said that, yeah. yeah. And I don't know if you saw that at the beginning of the speech, Catherine, but it, it was the most bizarre thing that happened the morning of uh the, the the ceremony i always go to this red square this uh bathhouse take a sauna cold tub get ready for the day and uh there's two guys standing at the front desk when i was ready to check in one turns around and i just kind of look at him and I look right in his eyes the other guy turns around and i go you gotta be kidding me you guys are buckuses they were his nephews oh wow yeah wow. it was and i've only met one of them four years ago in the bathhouse and as he was walking towards me in the locker room he's pigeon-toed just like dick like and i just hat. started laughing i go you gotta be kidding me so <laughs> they all so look lithuanian guys and they they got these monster heads on them and they're just animals so it was great that's amazing how serendipitous on the day that you were being uh, honored that's incredible yeah dick was sending a message yep sure was hey chelly how are you uh, liking uh, making the transition to the broadcasting side yeah, I don't like being on TV. Yeah. <laughs> I like radio better. <laughs> and I can't see myself on this now, so it's pretty good. But uh, <laughs> uh, you know what? I enjoy it, doing it with Kaylee, uh, especially as we have some laughs. Um, 
the guys at ESPN were you know leaves. I've known them for years, Catherine. Yep. You guys yep. a big circle, yep. you guys. Yep. You know, when Mess got there, it was too good to be true because I never got to play with Mess, and I really always respected him and wanted to hang around Mess. So it was a for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Great experience. Uh, now I'm doing a little bit of TNT, which is great, the part-time. Um, I don't think I have enough patience. I'm not built for sitting. And one game, okay. By the first period of the second game, I'm feeling like I played the game. And all of a sudden, <laughs> I hit the wall. I'm not built for sitting. So, And I tried to do the Red Bull thing. I tried to do these energy drinks, but it doesn't help me. I just no. – so, but maybe it's maybe it's repetition. I know that, but I just don't think I'm built for sitting down. That's that's interesting because that, that 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 second game does take a lot of energy, though, Chelly. And you know me. I'm full yeah. of piss and vinegar. And I, you know – and I, I can. Catherine's worked late nights with me as well. Oh my but god! Man, it's it's not for everybody. Huh? It's, no. it's it, and and, and besides that, getting in a studio, you have to even be louder than normal just mm -hmm. to carry. Yeah, it's a manufacture the energy. The energy yeah. I think you do a great yeah. job, Chelly. I I really Thank enjoy you. when you're on there. When Gretz is on there, like the Likewise. game needs the greatest players th that have ever played. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, somehow I've managed to do this business for 35 years. Here, here's I think this was my first win of 27. You know, I mean, we, you know, wow. we need guys like you guys. You guys are authentic. You guys, you guys, you know, you carry a lot of weight. So I'm, yeah. I'm glad you're still part of it, bud. And I love the guys now. Biz, is, Biz carries me. He's like, he, he's a distraction for my brain. And, and <laughs> when you get to the playoffs, so honestly, it's almost like you're playing. The last couple of years playoffs, for whatever reason, the the physicality and the, the, the competitiveness and stuff, you know, you can say what you want about, you know, the game's changing and it's, but when it's playoffs, it's the big boys, and it's it's awesome to watch them play the way they do. Love it. And how impressed have you been speaking to big boys with Connor Bedard? Unbelievable. Uh, he did not disappoint. The the way he carries himself in his interviews, uh, the, the players have already, you know, they, they, they can't t talk enough about what a great kid he is. Um, and he's so well-liked uh, throughout the team. And uh, that, that's first and most important for me is the way his teammates uh, – you know, accept him. So he's, I've talked to him on occasion. He's a very serious kid, focused mm -hmm. kid. He's opening up a little more. It seems like in his interviews, he's got kind of a keen, dry sense of humor, but his skill level is something else. I still think he's going to grow quite honestly. And I'm talking taller, not just stronger. Uh, he just turned 18. And I, I told you earlier that I grew about an inch and a half, you know, from 18 to 19, 20, so I hope he gets a little more size because it's going to help him down the stretch here, you know, when they become competitive and, and they start becoming a playoff team because uh, right now you kind of get a hall pass a little bit because what's going on. But, you know, look at Kaner. You know, I, I felt the same about Kaner when he started, you know, too light, too small, but he filled out. And with that skill level, what, what a player he turned out to be. So this Connor has been great to watch. There's nothing, you know, he's the things he comes up with on the ice, he's, he's special.
Yeah, I just love the spark he's brought back to that team. You mentioned maybe not the results there just yet. They will be, but um, but man, he's brought so much fire to that to that team and to that city again. So I always love seeing the people. Always used to ask me, "Are you a are you a Chicago Blackhawks fan?" I'm like, "Yeah, I kind of am. (laughs) I don't Uh, have a cheering interest, but I love the Hawks. I always love my time there at the United (laughs) Center, and obviously they won a lot of championships while I was broadcasting over there at the NHL Network. So, um, Shelly, we know it's been a busy week. We know you've probably got grandpa duties right now when we hang up with you with uh, you know, a little so. Sophia and all the other little ones running around there at Kaylee's house. So um, again, congrats to Kaylee and Danny on the new baby and congrats to you. Just a uh, well-deserved honor sun- Saturday, Sunday night, Sunday night, raising that seven to the rafters. And um, yeah, hopefully we'll catch up with you again down the road sometime. Yeah, you bet. Thank you. Enjoyed talking to you guys. It was great. Thanks, Shelly. Right. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Shelly. Congrats again, pal. Thanks. Awesome. Wow. What a week he's had, huh? Pinch me moments every single day. It seems like just amazing. Uh, you know, we were down in, uh, we were, I was down in Florida broadcasting the match on, on Monday night. Mm-hmm. So on Sunday, it was fun, but on Sunday night, we were all gathering at this little reception we had, and, uh, we had the Hawks game up on the bar there. And I was standing with, you know, Charles Barkley and Trevor Immelman and Ernie Johnson, the greats, uh, there that do the NBA on TNT. And, you know, we were just in awe watching, you know, the whole banner raising ceremony. I had to rewatch it again. Cause of course I couldn't hear it all when I was right. standing there, but you know, just to be standing there with those guys and watching what I was watching and Panger, you were there. I mean, it just must have been absolutely electric. I it's uh, it is hard to explain. And I've 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 been fortunate enough to be on the ice as a broadcaster for I, I I'm not sure if I can even count how many. But I, I you know, I remember flying in uh, when Denny Savard you, jersey got retired. And I remember how special that was uh, sit, just sitting in the stands just like a fan and and uh, kind of cheering him on. And then I, I got the, I had the privilege of, of um, MC and Steve Eisenman's at Joe Lewis, which was an unbelievable honor from the, from the Illich family to pick someone that's not part of their broadcast to do that. But this one, this was not different from those other, from other ones that I've seen, but I knew it was going to be a rock show. I knew it was going to be a nineties theme and I knew yeah. Danny Wirtz and Jamie Faulkner and the Blackhawks were going to knock it out of the park. And so when he came out on the ice in that 1962 <laughs> Cadillac, I, and, and his, and then when I ended the night in the atrium, watching Eddie Vedder and John McEnroe on the guitar for at least an hour and a half, John McEnroe on the guitar on stage. I'm not sure if half the people even knew that that was John McEnroe. And I'm looking in the lefties down there and he's just strumming away on the guitar. And then seeing his mom, Susan Chelios dancing. I mean, given it at 90 years of age with Kaylee about to give birth. I, I just said, this is just the most unique ceremony that, yeah. that I've ever been a part of. And he's got some strong women around him too, huh? And, Between his yeah. daughter and his mom and, and me, his wife. Amazing. And, and sure enough, I turn around and, and there's, there's Jeff Blaschel and and uh, and John Cooper who had an afternoon game in Jersey. Well, they flew in because their d- next day was off, so they they wanted to be part of the party as well. I mean, it just never ended. So That's amazing, uh, really, really great. Yeah, but anyway, he did. Chelly knocked it out of the park. It was emotional. The game then is the game, and and I I just remember I I looked at Patrick Kane a couple of times, and he had this mm-hmm. look on his face. And after the second time he went for a lap, Alex Debrink at uh, the cat goes one more and he goes for one more twirl. I think he could have gone for two more twirls of the ice <laughs> and got two more standing ovations. But um, 
so it was it was something what a way to cap off a, an unbelievable cool. and it was a good game too the hawks yep. really awesome. played hard um you know they're not going to the playoffs so they're, they're going to get the first second or third pick in the draft but they played hard and they gave detroit everything they had love I'll it i'll tell you what when Unreal. when keener was on the ice in overtime you just knew that the script was going to be completed i wish i was at a sports book where i could have live bet patrick kane <laughs> in overtime you knew yeah, he well, was scoring well, I tell you what, he was in the far corner because I'm between the benches. He's in the far corner in his own zone. He fell down or in the offensive zone, excuse me, offensive, offensive zone, zone fell yeah. down. And I'm looking, thinking, OK, he's heading off the ice. So that that takes care of that moment. Because Bedard just missed on a breakaway mm-hmm. or a semi breakaway. And then I look at Kaner and I'm like, like all great players, he's not leaving the ice. He's looking yeah. for something else, the same way Gretz did and Holly did and, mm-hmm. you know, all the greatest that's ever played the game. And boom, there he is on a breakaway. And once he had the puck, thanks for coming. It was something else. What a night. What a way to cap off a great night. You know, if it's one player that's going to score that's not for Chicago, it's Patrick Kane. <laughs> Unbelievable. Really great. Well, it was great. We thank uh, Chris Chelios for joining us on a, uh, a really rewarding week for him. And um, and guys, we've got some business to take care of because I am wearing the brand new official Johnny oh, wow. O's women's line. Look at this. I would show you my legs, but I can't get my leg up that high. Are, are, you, the fir- are you the first model pants? of it? Well, on the Back to You show I am. But um, yes, guys, <laughs> this is March 1st, the launch of the Johnny O's women's line. They sent me some amazing items. Um, this is a jumpsuit. It's cream colored. It's super soft. Mm. I wore it yesterday um, out shopping and I got so many compliments, you know, and, nice. and uh, other women that were asking where I got it from. They sent me a beautiful, I'll have it on my Instagram, but a beautiful... Um, tote bag, a little summer clutch that's straw, some mm. great, nice white, clean white t-shirts and and white Oxford shirts, just really great quality. And I have to say, like, I don't, I don't endorse anything. You know, it's gotta be, yeah. it's gotta be made for right. KT, you know, and it, it felt great. So, um, you can go online and get the brand new women's line or the wonderful men's line that you guys have been talking about forever, but this is March 1st. It just came out today as we're filming this podcast, johnny-o.com. And of course we are going to give you a discount. You can use the back to you March code. That's back the number two you march all one word is the code and johnny o's will give you a discount as you purchase your brand new women's line i'm super excited they also have more items they're going to be rolling out in the next few months um for tennis and paddle and golf and it's just the start of an amazing thing as you guys know it's the most comfortable gear you're ever going to put on it's great for traveling it looks good it feels Mm -hmm. good you don't look like like i don't look like i'm leaving the house in sweatpants it's a it's a beautiful athleisure outfit that um that works well so i'm super excited Nice That's and really soft. great. I, and I think it's over and overdue too. Oh, let me see. Yeah. Nice. I'm trying huh? to, I can't figure out where the camera is, but you know, it's like That's this great. nice waffle uh, feeling. Nice. No, Congratulations they do such a great to Johnny job. O. Great job. Yeah. yeah congrats, John- Johnny O. We're super excited. And they've been more than yeah. kind to us. So we appreciate the love. You guys are wearing your back to you, Johnny oh, O uh, logo. Always. Shirts, which is awesome. I can see yours yep. over there, Panger. So yeah, very cool. We I, appreciate the love from Johnny O's um, and the partnership. And exactly. And also, I'd like to give a shout out, too, because Johnny O, not only do they launch the the women's line today, like you said, KT, but with spring break coming up, you've got MLB spring training. They've got the MLB line. They've got St. Patty's Day right around the corner, being Irish. They got some great stuff for you to go online, too. So, again, Johnny-O.com. I and like you can that affiliation Bones this with weekend. the Bones is carrying the bag for uh, oh. Justin Thomas. He'll be wearing his Johnny O's. He's a Johnny O supporter and uh, ambassador there. And um, yeah, he's always wearing his Johnny O's. When you watch the Cognizant this week, keep an eye on, keep an eye on Bones. 
Bones, I think we're going to get Bones on the show. Huh? Yeah, we've, I, I got the text out. We'll see. We'll see. He's got yeah, a busy. Of course, we're asking him right when golf season gets kicks into high yeah. gear and the majors are right around the corner. But yes, we're gonna do our best to get good old Bones on here. I love Bones. He's a talk about a storyteller. Man, does he have good stories? Oh, but can but you just imagine? An energetic guy, one of the best humans to be around. He's really wonderful. So yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll put those feelers out there. So Niner, do you ever see him in uh, Arizona? Yeah, I do actually. Uh, I've actually been on quite a few flights with him going back to Phoenix as well. Okay. But, uh, he was one of the very first guys that I met when I moved to Phoenix, as a matter of fact. Oh, wow. Because he yeah, and he October and Phil were a, a big part of the uh, Whisper Rock, huh? obviously. And mm-hmm. that's, sure. I'd seen, saw him around a little bit in the early days. But uh, yeah, that, that'd be great. What a, yeah, what a, I, could you guys caddy? Would you be able to caddy? I caddied for a U.S. Junior Am with my nephew, uh, Jake Bryson. Man, it was hard. I don't know how Bones and these guys do it and keep up. I, the, I enjoy it. I enjoy the it. The attention, the energy, the, yeah. Okay. Four I rounds. And, my mom in the club championship, but I ended up having to work. So I couldn't, I flew in and I, I ended up meeting her on the uh, fourth or fifth hole. And by the time my flight landed on the final day, but um, I've not, she's caddied for me before and talk about a hard job. <laughs> I'm not very nice on some holes. <laughs> um, Katie, by the way, on another note, your video, your Instagram post with Mira, and, oh, uh, did you like it? Tr- it was unbelievable. You you really great did a job great job. You got to teach yeah. me a little bit more about that. But uh, but number one, the the sound of the ball. I think you've got the four hundreds, right? The uh, player improvement, the PIs. I know um, you you're testing a bunch of different irons, but the sound of the ball was pure. Just sounded well, great. I'm nice swing, it. nice swing, Katie. Thank you, thank you, thank you. The swing's yeah, never good. been the problem. It's what's between the ears, as I told you guys. That's the problem. Hey, I've, I've, uh, I've had I've had the chance of caddying quite a bit on those celebrity tours, and I've yeah. had to deal with a lot of that between the ear stuff. But uh, we'll dial you in. They're the PI four hundred ones, Pang, or the ones I got, or the four hundred ones. That's what yep. I thought. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. They're great. Oh, yep. And, and Niner, mean, which ones do you have? The snow just melted where I live, so I'm excited to get them out there and uh, start hitting some balls. Course opens uh, next week, guys. There you go. That's I just played my third round fabulous. with my CB three hundred twos. I got mm. the all black shaft, the black. Nice. Uh, oh my gosh, nice. they're beautiful looking. I love them. Very yeah, forgiving sure. too. We're very grateful to Miura and the yep. generosity they've shown as well. And then we're going to get those. We're going to get those clubs out on the course and give them a test drive in a little bit. And uh, I'll circle back with you guys and let you know. I'm going to be playing different- all the charity events this year with those Miuras, so um, you'll see them out there on the course in Tahoe. And I'll be out in Cabo for a charity event. So just doing you, the need a caddy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Good you have lord, to I'll go to Cabo. I don't know. <laughs> I know. Mom, mom's got the bag. You're good. <laughs> and KT, just on another note, as we uh, take care of some inventory here, uh, new platforms for us. Yes. Yes, we do. We are very excited and grateful that um, Believe, uh, that's B-L-E-A-V, is uh, mm. is uh, is our new teammate, our new partnership. Yeah. Um, very excited. We're going to get this Back to You podcast on so many different platforms now, audio, video. video. Um, they're just great, great supporters of ours, and we're, we're excited for this. So we will be in more on more devices and phones and cars and AirPods and you name it in the next, uh, in, in really now yep so please uh you know when you get on there on any one of the audio platforms just rate review the show and uh hopefully give us some love in here we we we've started this uh 16 episodes ago uh to have some fun build some camaraderie um and and we knew that in time we'd create more partnerships and and that's where we're heading so i'm um, yep. glad everybody if uh, 
checked in with us and uh and what a great day too, to uh, you know to celebrate Chelly, uh hall of famer uh most games played of anybody in the history of the National Hockey League from a U.S. standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't care about the U.S., Canada, North American. He, he's just one of the greatest players of all time. He's mm-hmm. top 100 in, a, in their 100th anniversary. And he's, uh, for me, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just end this on this because he said that Patrick Kane will end up being the greatest American player of all time. And I, I, I disagree because I, I believe that Chris Chalios is the greatest American player of all time. And, and I believe that through a lot of things like adversity, uh, the story to get to where he was at. And, and then the Leadership. major awards, three Norris trophies, a Messier trophy, a plus minus award trophy, the Stanley Cups, uh, mm-hmm. the Hall of Fame. So anyway, I've, I've got him as my as my number one of all time. So uh, we really appreciate Chelly coming on. We certainly do. And on that note, thank you all for listening. Um, You can find us on all audio platforms. Be sure to rate us and review the show. And we look forward to hearing your comments as always. So until next time, thanks for tuning in, guys. Thanks, gang. Have a great day. Well, gang, on this show, we like to showcase an event or a story which caught our attention as it relates to an achievement featuring hard work and dedication of one's craft. That's exactly what Back to You is all about. This is powered by Mira Golf. And when you think of Mira Golf, you think of Katsuhiro Mira, the founder of Mira Golf, and he's mastered the art of steel. Take a look at this. Mm, that's hand forged, baby, right there. That's what this is all about. Every forge club is handcrafted at the factory in Himeji, Japan, where Mura's meticulous process and attention to detail. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I like the family's unwavering pursuit of perfection. And if that isn't back to you, I don't know what is. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.